you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now even more the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. This is the word of the Lord. Morning, church. It's wonderful to be with you this morning, and it's great to have this opportunity to open his word together and it's a it's a beautiful passage isn't it and as we we explore it as we open it up we're going to try and unpack what this encounter with Jesus meant for this leprous man we're also going to try and see how that applies to us and I'm going to finish with a challenge for you so as we do all of that none of that's going to mean anything if we don't have the work of the Spirit through me and in you. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you now. So thankful for the gift of your Son. So thankful for the work that you've done in me and in the lives of your people. And right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come. I pray that you will use me. I pray that you will soften our hearts, open our ears so that we can hear your word this morning. Bring a challenge, bring encouragement. Transform us this morning. Make us one more step closer to being like you. Through your word, do your work, Lord, this morning. We ask this in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. This morning, as we open this passage, as we explore it, I want to talk to you about hope. And I thought a great way to start talking about hope is to define it, to describe it. So, in true academic style, I went to the dictionary and the description, the definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen expectation, desire for something particular. Another word that can be used is aspiration or even wishing for something to happen. The reason I talk about that is because at the time that this account happened, this encounter with Jesus, the time that this was written, a leper was without hope. Nothing to aspire to. They were condemned 
to separation from their families and from, indeed, the rest of society. They were excluded physically, socially and spiritually for the rest of their lives. Leprosy at this point probably wasn't necessarily a death sentence, but it was certainly a life sentence. In, in practical terms, when a leper would move around, they had to present themselves in a way that was dishevelled or dirty, some way to signify that they were unclean, so that others would know to avoid them. If someone didn't notice those signs and they were starting to get too close, the leper had to yell out, unclean, unclean, to warn them to stay away. This life of separation and isolation, that was their lot. They would congregate together and form sort of leper colonies, their only form of social interaction and connection was with others who suffered this same fate. In the words of Billy Joel, they were sharing a drink called loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone. This, this community would offer some consolation, but it would also contribute to their sense of hopelessness. If you were part of these communities, you would look around and see other people and see their symptoms worsening, see their deterioration, and you would know the inevitability that you will follow that same path sooner or later. A leper in those days, including the leper that's in our passage today, they lived without hope. But then this leper hears a rumour of this man called Jesus. You might think it's unusual that a leper separated from society would be able to hear any rumours. But we saw last week as Andrew talked to us about Jesus' encounter in the wilderness, his encounter with the enemy. But Luke tells us after that time in the wilderness, Jesus returned full of the power of the Holy Spirit and he went around and he was healing the sick, he was casting out demons, he was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God and he even called the first of his disciples. His ministry was booming, he was becoming famous, he was followed by crowds. There is, there is easily understandable that this leper would hear that Jesus was coming to his region. And so, this man who works miracles, who casts out demons, who, who preaches, but more importantly for him, this man who heals sickness, is nearby. So, ignoring the Old Testament law, the rules we find in Leviticus that tell you you must remain separate if you have leprosy, he seeks out this healer. He was desperate. But he had this, this flicker of hope in the midst of a hopeless existence. So he ignored the law, 
Because when he saw Jesus, he didn't just cry out from a distance. He actually approached Jesus and fell at his face before him. This is unheard of. This is shocking. Remember, this is, this is a written account that Luke writes. And if you were reading it, or perhaps if you were a gathering of people, it does happen, a gathering of people and it's being read to you. If you hear this, a leper coming to approach and falling at, at your feet, this is horrifying. This is actually a terrifying story. Their fear of catching this is, it leaves them petrified. This is not a good moment for someone hearing this story. So this is a massively bold step by this leper. And I think it shows his level of desperation. He's desperate enough to ignore the Old Testament law telling him to remain separate. He's desperate enough to approach Jesus. And that desperation explains these actions. But it also then seems at odds with the request he makes to Jesus. It makes that request even more astounding. As we see in verse 12, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will. That is a, a humble and vulnerable statement. Let me be clear, because the text is clear, he knows that Jesus has the power to heal him. He said it, you can make me clean. This man knows that Jesus can change his life then and there. And he's, he's desperate enough to break the law, to approach him, to talk to him. And yet, he still prays this prayer, if you will. When I was younger, I would go to my mum and say, can I go over to my mate's place to play after school? And mum would inevitably say, sure you can. I know you can. I've seen you do it. You did it yesterday. At which point... I'd realise what she's doing, I'd probably roll my eyes and say, okay, mum, may I go to my mate's place after school today? <laughs> Scary thing is I'd do it now to my kids. Um, but what mum was teaching me was the difference between the ability or my capability to do something, can I do it, and making a request to do something, may I do this is similar. The leper is saying, I know you can do it. May you? Will you choose to? What faith this shows. It's true. This man, his faith is demonstrated by asking according to his belief in the absolute power of God. He makes his request believing that God, that Jesus can do it. But significantly, his faith is also demonstrated by asking according to Jesus' sovereign will. See, his sovereign will or his ordained will is when God takes his perfect wisdom and unsurpassed knowledge 
his eternal perspective, his perfect goodness and love, puts all that together and decides how he will use his absolute power. In asking this way, this leper is not doubting Jesus' ability. It's not a lack of faith. He's actually trusting in Jesus' choice to heal him or not to. It takes great faith to ask Jesus to be healed. But then it also takes great faith to continue to trust in Jesus even when you remain sick. Even when you continue in severe pain or fatigue or whatever other ongoing health concern you have. It takes tremendous faith to hold on to Jesus, to hold on to the hope that we have in him. To look forward to that glorious day when we'll be given a new body that is free of sickness and disease and pain. It takes faith. But this this prayer, this, this truth, it's not just for the sick, it's for all of us. Because there's many reasons why we, why we struggle, why we feel separated. It's not just sickness that leaves us feeling alone and unable to function in society as we want to. Maybe it's the more recent struggles along with our repeated and protracted lockdowns. Maybe it's other mental health struggles. Maybe it's just fear or shame. Maybe you can't overcome something in your past. Whatever your ongoing battle, there is hope that can only be found in Jesus. And I encourage all of you to hold on to that hope in the midst of a hard season. Maybe it's just in the midst of a hard life. But I also encourage you not to give up asking. This man was given a life sentence. Leprosy had no cure. And yet he came to Jesus. And it's true for us today. God still heals. He still delivers. Don't presume that after two months or two years or 20 years, that that is your lot for the rest of your life. Don't give up believing that Jesus can. And don't give up hoping that Jesus will lift you out of these circumstances that you find yourself in. Keep asking. Keep approaching him. Keep falling at his feet and asking, I know you can do it. Please, may you do it. Many years ago, we had a house out in the Drysdale area, and uh, we were getting ready to put some turf down in the backyard. Uh, With the yard leveled and ready to go, it was full of dirt, nothing else on it. And then we had the biggest downpour you would ever imagine. And it turned into a huge mud bowl. It was everywhere and it was deep. (laughs) For the kids, it was amazing. It was deep enough 
and soft enough that they can sort of fall back into it and do like mud angels. They had a ball and we had a ball watching them until they wanted to chase us and give us a hug. <laughs> they would chase us around, threatening to make us all dirty too, so we would run away, avoiding them at all costs. Like a, like a child covered in mud. In the Bible, according to Jewish law, leprosy made a person unclean. And anything or anyone they touch would become unclean. So it's why when we hear the, the leper asking Jesus, he doesn't just say, can you heal me? Can you take away my sickness? He says, can you make me clean? See, a lot of the rules and rituals that God's people followed, including the law that a leprous person had to be separated, they were all to maintain their symbolic purity, their their physical cleanness, if I can use that word. I don't want to just say cleanliness because that just means a lack of dirt. I mean like a, a state of being clean, morally clean, lawfully clean, because that symbolizes their spiritual purity and their right state before God. So being unclean was a very big deal. Being unclean means they can't worship at the temple. They can't offer sacrifices or bring offerings to God. And remember for the Jew, the temple is where God is. It's, it's where you go to worship. So being unclean not only means you are separated from society, separated from your family, you're also separated from God. So this makes a, a horrible situation even worse. But it also makes what Jesus does next even more beautiful. Because in verse 13, we see that Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him. He touched him. This is genuinely astonishing. Remember this, this account that Luke's written is being read to a group of people? The person reading it, the, the people that are hearing this, this is shocking. I can just imagine this collective, <gasps> this gasp. The idea of touching a leper. But remember that nothing's happened yet. There's no miracle yet. This moment, this touch... It carries enough drama on its own. I'm not a filmmaker by any stretch, but if, if I was filming this, if I was trying to capture this moment, I would try and capture it from all different angles. I would zoom in on Jesus' hand, resting on the leprous sores of his arm. I would try and focus on the face of the leper, whose face is frozen in time, jaw dropped, his eyes fixed on this hand that is touching him, feeling the weight of it, convincing himself that this is actually real. But then I, I would focus on Jesus' face too, and I can just imagine 
him staring at the face of the leper with a smile on his face, just enjoying this moment. And this, uh, this moment gives us a beautiful insight into the heart of Jesus. In Mark's Gospel, his version of this encounter tells us that Jesus was moved with pity, moved with compassion, and then he touched him. This is, it's an incredible moment. But then Jesus reveals his compassion by doing more than what he's been asked. See, the the man approaches him and asks him to heal him. But Jesus, because of his compassion and kindness, goes further. You see, he doesn't need to touch him to heal him. In the very next section of chapter 5, the very next story that Luke tells us about is that famous encounter where the friends lower the paralyzed man through the roof and in front of, lower him in front of Jesus. Jesus speaks to that man and he gets up and walks out. He doesn't need to touch him. To touch this unclean, leprous man is a choice. This is the Jesus that we follow. This is the Jesus that we love. The Jesus that left the glory of heaven and came down to earth. But then he went further. He, he comes down and touches the unclean. This is a beautiful moment. As we come back to our passage, still in verse 13, Jesus speaks. He responds to the humble and vulnerable statement of the leper, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy leaves him. Then Jesus told him to go and do what the law says. Go before the priests, get examined, make an offering for your cleansing. Basically, this is religious law speak for get tested, isolate, wait till a negative result and you can move back into society. But remember that group of people that are reading this? They're hearing it, they're reading it. There's probably a few more gasps at this point, but it's, it's more confusion. They're looking at each other now, like, what just happened? Everything just got turned on its head. You see, we have a clean man touching an unclean man. The usual way this ends is that we end up with two unclean men. Like my daughter covered in mud coming to give me a hug, we're now both covered in mud. It's the way it works. The first unclean man contaminates the clean. He transfers his uncleanness onto the clean man. At this point, any person who has been made unclean, including touching a leper, must now wash, make offerings, be tested and isolate until they are deemed clean again. But that's not what happens here. Here the clean man, Jesus, touches the unclean man and we end up with two clean men. It's one of my mud-covered daughters coming to hug me 
we separate and we're both clean. This is astounding. You would not be able to explain that. This is, this is so much more. Don't, don't miss it. Jesus has not been contaminated. Instead, he has transferred his cleanness onto the leper. He's, he's made a way for this man to hope again. He's made a way for this man to move back into society, to move back with his family. He's made a way for him to reestablish his relationship with his God. This is a remarkable encounter. And one of the reasons it's so remarkable is because it gives us a beautiful and wonderful picture of the gospel. Gives us an understanding of Christ's redeeming and restoring and cleansing work. So Jesus, clean Jesus comes to meet our filth. And we are made clean. He replaces our spiritual disease with his own clean and righteous spiritual condition. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake, he, God the Father, made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. So we might be clean. When we see ourselves for who we really are, spiritual lepers, contaminated, unclean, sinful, living without hope. And we have an opportunity to come to Jesus, to, to put our trust in Him, to ask Him to make us clean. We, we do that. And in that moment, we receive his touch. We are united with Christ. We are made clean and we have a reason to hope again. If you've not received that healing, that cleansing touch from Jesus today, I pray that you will. This is such an awkward time to, to respond to, to this Perhaps there's someone in the church that you know. Reach out to them, pray with them, talk to them about it. Use the portal, get in touch with us. But ask Jesus to come, to be washed. The reality is that most of you watching this morning are already believers. You're already clean, you've already, your eternity is secure. Your hope is sure. So my final challenge is for you. What are you going to do with it? The hope that you found, the, the salvation and security that you have been given, you've had your own encounter with Jesus. Now what are you going to do with it? Your life has changed. What happens now? And I ask this because we're not done in our passage yet. This leper's life was changed. 
What did he do with it? How did he respond? Again, in Luke's version, in verse 15, it's a bit more vague, it's implied, but Mark's version tells us about this man's response more clearly. In verse 45 of Mark chapter 1, it tells us that this man went out and began to talk freely about it, to spread the news. Another version says, the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As believers, we have experienced the joy and hope that can only be found in Jesus. But what are you doing with it? Perhaps some of you are content to know that your eternity is secure and you are genuinely grateful for it. But you're also content to keep that good news to yourself. That's sad. But I would also call you to repent. Talking about hope this morning. Do you know how many spiritual lepers are out there in your world who are living without hope? Desperate? Maybe like the leper in our passage today, someone in your world hears a rumour about someone that might be able to make a difference in their life. A flicker of hope rises in the midst of their otherwise hopeless existence. You may be the person in their lives that can offer them the only source of true and genuine hope because you are the person that can offer them Jesus Christ. If you are content to keep the hope of Jesus to yourself, you firstly need to take a good hard look at your own heart. Ask the Spirit to show you what's going on. But you also need to take a look at the people in the world around you. They will remain forever separated, segregated from the hope that can be found in Jesus unless you tell them. But it's actually a reflection of our, our walk with Jesus. First Peter chapter 3, verse 5 tells us that a way to honour Christ in our hearts is to always be prepared to explain to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. As you explain why you have this hope that actually honours Christ in your own walk, in your own heart. You guys can probably come. This leper's life was changed because of his encounter with Jesus. And his response was that he told everyone about it. You know, he actually disobeyed. He was actually told not to say anything. But this encounter with Jesus so changed his life, he couldn't contain it. He had to spread it. 
You have to tell everyone. But I challenge you to do the same. Tell the people in your world of the hope that you have. Tell them about Jesus, this powerful and strong, able to deliver, able to heal, able to lift you out of a circumstance. Tell them about Jesus who is compassionate and kind, who will meet you in your need, who will go further than he needs to, who will lower himself to come close to you. Tell them about Jesus because he offers a hope that nothing else comes close to. Tell them, church. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you come close. We're so grateful that you touch us, that you wash us, you make us clean, you, you renew us again and give us hope. You give us a reason to live. Such a beautiful gift you give us. To bring us out of this separation and bring us into relationship with God again. Into the family of God again. Through your work, Lord Jesus. But let us not take that for granted. Let us not keep that to ourselves. Forgive us for those times that we have feared man more than we have enjoyed what you have done in our lives and kept it to ourselves. Forgive us, Lord. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come to us. You will embolden us. You will... Remind us of the good things that you have done for us and we will be overwhelmed and overjoyed and just to tell the world about you, the good God that you are and the good work that you have done. For your glory, Lord, help us to do that. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.